Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of Gateway to Cinema, the spinoff of the far more popular podcast reboot already underway, the Annabelle to the main podcasts, The Conjuring. We're not just doing TV shows anymore. <laughs> we're moving over to movies. We're, we're, we're moving over to movies, right, but also right. I just wanted to remind the world how awful Annabelle is. Oh, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> I am, of course, your host, Aaron Hahn, mm-hmm. joined as always by Jacob Lacey. Um, I took three years of Spanish and I didn't understand a single word in this movie, <laughs> so that should... Uh, Not a single word. No, I think I maybe understood C and no, and I heard a key, and I'm like, I remember a key, Well, well but I don't know fair, what it is. You did take three years of Spanish. But you had to, to sit next to me for every single year and have me translate every single thing the teacher was saying. No, that was only so. year three. That was only year three when she was like, I'm going to talk in Spanish the whole year. Yeah. And I was the like, whoa. Speak English was, of course, the one way you needed my translation. I'm like, Aaron, can you translate this English? I don't get it, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Spanish was horrible. I hated it. Um. Anyway, uh, so if you didn't guess by that conversation there uh we are talking about a spanish language film today and one of the early works of one of my favorite directors guillermo del toro we're talking about the devil's backbone so quick aside um as i was watching this movie and the opening credits were going guillermo del toro's name came up and i was Mm -hmm. like now, I know I always say this wrong, and I'm not going to say it wrong this week on the podcast. But then I couldn't remember how I had said it wrong, so I spent a ton of time trying to figure out how I used to say it. And then I found, and then I remembered, and I was like, oh, cool. Now I got to remember the right way to say it, and I couldn't remember. And I was like, oh, God. It was a whole thing during the opening credits. It really was. Um, I'm glad you were uh, focusing on the important aspects. Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the opening credits. I heard the music. I had the... I couldn't read half of them anyway. I'm like, okay, what's that? I, I don't know. It starts with a P. I know that. Probably production or something or producer. I don't know. Um, this movie is amazing, though. And... Whew, it's a good movie. <laughs> uh, I guess yeah. We'll we'll get into what what my first impressions were. Uh, yeah, another movie I knew nothing about going in, um, and it was Guillermo del Toro, and I knew that. <laughs> that was it. So uh, I knew there was something like with a bomb in the ground because that's the uh, Criterion Collection uh, artwork. So I'm like, oh, right. cool. And, uh, yeah, I think that was honestly the best way to watch this movie. Um, I was going in expecting horror, and I don't think I should have been. Because I should have known that Guillermo del Toro, all of his movies get sold as horror movies. It's, it's the Crimson Peak effect. Yeah. But the, the first version of that. Yeah. And, I mean, I was fine with it with Crimson Peak as well. I still think Crimson Peak is my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie um, because I think that's honestly just a, a modern classic masterpiece film I don't know if you still agree on that but I mean no I agree it's a masterpiece but I don't agree it's his best film but of course you have not Brand. seen Pan's Labyrinth yet 
which is on the list. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like I said, as far as right now, Crimson Peak is still at the top. I know that's probably a lot of people are like, Ugh, Crimson Peak sucks. And I'm like, mm, go away. Crimson Peak was amazing. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about Crimson Peak. We're talking about the Devil's Backbone. <laughs> um, first impressions, I loved the uh, Harry Potter vibe I got from this movie, <laughs> if that makes sense, or if you got that as well. I mean, I didn't pick up on that, but, like, with you mentioning it, like, I can clearly see the connections, you know, obviously the orphaned protagonist and going off into this school where kind of the, the fantasy world blends in with the real world kind of deal. So, and, the ghosts uh, are wandering the hall. Jaime? Jaime, I think is his name? Yes. I mean, it's spelt Jamie, but, I mean, it's pronounced Jaime. Yes, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a total Draco Malfoy, uh, but, like, if Draco Malfoy became, like, a good guy, it kind of does by the end, but, eh, spoilers for Harry Potter. <laughs> um, so that was, that was just, I, I couldn't shake that when I was watching it. I'm like, oh, this is a lot like Harry Potter, and I've always known that, like, they were trying to get gear... Yeah, trying well. to get Del Toro uh, for for uh, Prisoner of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, and that makes a lot of sense after seeing this movie. They're like, "Oh yeah, this is like totally our our vibe." So, I would have been very interested to see uh, Del Toro's take on the Harry Potter universe. Me too. But although, of course, you know, at that point, it's like they've already established the general aesthetic. But three, it three films three in it, though, man. Three uh, Alfonso Cuarón's like take on Harry Potter. Still my favorite of all of them. Um, and I don't know. I think that's... It's like, yeah, I would love to see what Guillermo del Toro would have done with it. But man, Alfonso Cuaron is like... He was perfect. They should have kept him for all of the movies. But I digress. Talking about Harry Potter again. I love this movie so much, Aaron. I'm talking about every other movie. No, that's, that's um, perfectly okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, Really liked that. Really thought the acting, especially from the child actors. Like we talked about in the raid, it's like it's hard to really tell inflection and stuff like that when you don't speak the language. And I super don't speak the language. That's the thing. I really wish I paid attention because then I'd be watching like, I understood that word, but I just never paid attention in Spanish class. You know what? The blame's on me because I didn't let you, you know... Go out on your own and and struggle with not understanding all, any of the homework assignments. To be clear, yeah, I, I should have let you fail the class. Yeah, to be that was just that's just what I was gonna say. <laughs> to be clear, if you didn't help me out, I would have failed. <laughs> like there was no way I would have actually because you off never in that knew class. what we were supposed to do no. for homework ever. Like, uh, <laughs> she'd say, "Oh yeah, so, something about like." doing this worksheet on this specific, like, in a specific way, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, just do the worksheet. And then I'd turn it in, and I'd be like, oh, that's not the right way to do it at all. Oh, God. So, <laughs> it was real bad. Um, but, yeah, like, it's hard to tell inflection, but I thought all the child actors were really great. Um, and I, like, read some of the IMDb trivia for it, and for the main kid, uh, if, he, if Guillermo del Toro needed him to cry for a scene and he wouldn't cry, he'd just talk really loudly about how bad of an actor the kid was. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so messed up. But it worked, man. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, yeah man, whatever, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Why'd you put it on the list, Darren? Well, I mean, uh, as I believe I've mentioned before, uh, Guillermo del Toro is one of my favorite directors of all time. And so this was one of my favorite films of his when I first watched it for the first time. Because I, I, when I first watched this, this film, I was taking this class in college on uh, world cinema. And so we had this paper, and it was kind of like, write this paper, find two films from the same country, then talk about like, you know, how they're emblematic of their, their country they are. So I picked Mexico, and I picked The Devil's Backbone as one of my films. And so I really just came away loving this film, you know, like mm-hmm. this was a film I had seen after Pan's Labyrinth and Pan's Labyrinth and this film are very similar mm-hmm. in many respects. But so it's, it, it, but it very much has like that same kind of like fantasy, like fairy tale kind of nature where I, I love the, you know, the mix of the real world politics and the uh, fantasy elements, the ghosts and all of that. And I just, I love very much these early efforts by uh, Guillermo del Toro, where it's very much the, the ghosts are the backdrops to this like tale of yeah. like human horror, you know, like the horror of war and the horror of uh, the betrayal and all this sort of stuff. So I think it's just a very powerful story i think it's a very unique story i think it's a very visually great story so it's like it's like all the stuff i love about guillermo del toro i think this is one of his best films for you know applying all those sensibilities so i really love this film and i wanted to share it all right do we want to get into all spoilers right. then i guess yes so if you have not seen this film highly recommended oh, by yeah. the both of us oh yeah for sure um I like that I'm also, you know, filling out these uh, foreign films that I've seen. So I'm, like, kind of getting more. Like, we've already talked about when we watched The Raid. I was like, I've barely seen any, so seeing more. Right, I mean, that was part of the rationale. Well, part of the rationale for uh, including foreign films on the, allow foreign films on the list was uh, that I had just taken that world cinema class. So I was like, oh, I know, I just discovered all these great films. I want to share them (laughs) with you. But also another part of that rationale was, like, uh, any good like cinephile should have, you know, seen films from a wide variety of sources. You know, mm-hmm. like you, it's good to expose yourself to the cinema of different countries. So, yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, but uh, if you have seen this film or just don't care, we are going to talk about it a little in depth with spoilers now. This is a movie that. I think I would have enjoyed even more if I knew a little bit of the historical context to it, if that makes sense. I know no, that's fair. next to nothing about the Spanish Civil War. Um, and I was like, I was like, do I want to read up about it before, or what do I want to do here? Do I just want to experience the film as it is, um, and then learn more, and then rewatch it again, knowing more about the... the uh, event that it takes as the time period i guess um right and i don't think it like hindered my experience too much but i feel like there was a lot that was metaphorical about the about the war and about the 
political climate at that time that I just missed, if that makes sense. I don't know how much you know about it or if you... No, I mean, that's an entirely fair point because I'm, I'm somewhere in the same boat. Like, again, I, I don't know much about the Spanish Civil War. Like, I know it took... The time period it took place in, and I know that it was essentially, you know, a, the fascist authoritarians versus, you know, the rebellion of the more liberally minded ones Mm -hmm. but like that's about the gist of it like it's like i know the i know the conflict only in terms of these you know general political archetypes it's just so i don't know a lot of the details and very much i do think that knowing that history definitely uh, enhances your experience with this film because that was like that was obviously one of the things I touched upon when I wrote a paper about this, you know, like how is it emblematic of Mexican culture? And, and, you know, obviously not Spain and Mexico aren't the same country, but very much that kind of like fixation on the political backdrop was something we had seen in a different uh, Mexican film. We had watched in class why, why to mama Tambien, which is by uh, Alfonso Cuaron. So yeah, I like me some Alfonso Cuaron. I need to watch that movie, but anyway, um, so, so yeah, I, I discussed a lot about, like, how the, the bomb, obviously, there's the, mm-hmm. you know, that tension throughout the entire film. You know, you, you have that constant reminder of the war in the middle of this orphanage, and, you know, it's this constant danger, you know, almost this, you know, it's, it, it's supposed to be diffused, but the one kid is like, I can still hear it ticking, so it's very much just, like, this ominous warning of the outside world, and, like, you know, this... There is this countdown to danger is like ever present, essentially. So, well, I liked I liked that whole, uh, not really subplot. I mean, it is the main plot, but I liked that whole uh, facet of the plot because when that kid says that, where it's like I can still hear it ticking, you're like thinking, oh, oh man, something might still happen here. Um, but then that's not what blows up. And that's not the person who even dropped. Like, it's right. completely inside force that tears them apart instead of um, the war. And I think that's such an interesting idea that it's like, yeah, the war is going on. Yeah, the war is what is keeping all these kids here and what's keeping everyone here. But it's like, even inside forces are what eventually you know, destroys the school and, like, makes the kids have mm-hmm. to leave and have to go out into that inside or into the outside world where there, there is that war. And it's like, oh, man, it wasn't the bomb. It was this absolute maniac. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Right. Um, right. Very much like uh, how, like, the, the ghosts are kind of in the backdrop of this tale. And so the war is also in the backdrop, and the main fixation is on the the human horror, like, mm-hmm. not kind of like the abstract you know large scale of war but just in this internal conflict you know the horrors of just these this small group of people i think that's a very you know it's a very fascinating like perspective to see you know with these uh larger conflicts looming in the background to just get that tiny little perspective that's really cool yeah yeah no i mean this movie is so uh rich with just detail in character and in uh, setting and in plot that it's like this movie is just so filled to the brim. You could, I'm, 
again, I've only seen it the one time and I just watched it yesterday, but just watching it, I was like, man, I could watch this several times and still feel like I don't understand everyone and who they are. And not like for a bad reason where it's like, oh, what, what is that character's motivation? But it's like, everyone has so much that is unsaid, but that you can pick up through little clues. And I loved the sort of uh, the juxtaposition between Jaime and Jacinto, is his name? Mm-hmm. Where they're very much the same character in a lot of ways. Um, but it's this moment. The movie starts, and you know, it shows Jaime and uh, Santi, Santi, I think. Santi is the ghost boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, has he, no, not Jacinto. Jaime and Santi, um, and you see Santi has been killed, and I'm like, oh man, he accidentally killed that kid, didn't he? And like, he just drowned him, and he's like, well, he doesn't want to get caught. I'm like, and I think that reveal that it is Jacinto, it's like, yeah, but it is also kind of him who did it, though, too, because like, that is his path if he doesn't like, you know, shape up, I guess. I think that's right, such I'm- a beautiful way to do that. It's like, that was yeah. very much kind of like the, the intention of uh, Guillermo del Toro is creating those parallels, and that's why they have the similar sounding names, you know? Because we have, we have so many characters oh, in this yeah. film with names that start with C, you know? Like, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much every character that's not, you know, Jaime, Jacinto, and uh, Santi are, crap, yeah. start with a C. I didn't even but notice Jaime that. <laughs> they both start with a J, so that's, like, the clue to the audience that, like, these are parallels of one another. And it's, you know, yeah, that ending scene where uh, Jaime chooses to help out and befriend Carlos and stick with him and work together. Oh, man, that is he's, like... He's getting off the path that Jacinto went on. That is such a perfect, like, subtle, uh, like, subliminal way to do that. I didn't, like, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, that makes complete sense. But, wow, all right, that's cool. Um... Yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to mention this before I forget because there was this was just a big genuine laugh for me, and like okay. from a movie I was not expecting it from, but when they're carrying that crucifix out into the courtyard, they're like, "Damn, for a dead guy, he's pretty heavy." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I don't know why that caught me. It just caught me so off guard. I'm like, "Yep, that's hilarious. Very nice, Guillermo." Um, Who's, who's your favorite character in this? Who's the one that you think has the most depth? Because The, the most depth? The, yeah, the most depth and... I don't know, just your favorite. Because, I mean, my favorite character is going to be Sandy. <laughs> just because I like the... the both the, like, the ghostly appearance and the... Okay, yeah. You know, the, the horror element that he brings to the table, you know? Okay. Like, I love horror, so you know, I'm going to love the, the ghost who's not actually a villain, but... Right. Just yeah. you know, the the more traditional ghost, you know, unfinished business, revenge type of deal. Yeah. So that's my favorite character, but right. one with the most depth, that would be a different question. I think it's probably the principal. And I was watching that and she dies like somewhat early in this movie. And I was like, Whoa, I'm like she seemed like she was gonna have a big part of this and she kind of does still. But she's like I don't know, just her whole arc of like everyone she loves dying it's like oh man so she's like well 
I'm going to be with this Jacinto kid, which is kind of messed up because she kind of raised that kid. (laughs) And it's like, okay, Uh, all right. I mean, you're not supposed to be entirely comfortable with it. No, yeah. Oh, I'm not saying like, oh man, that was weird, Guillermo. Why did you do that? Um, No, 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 I got you. So I was like, oh, oh, all right. And that's kind of when they reveal it too. So I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, but I, I think her character has just so much depth there. And I was really sad when she died. Like, this, was the f- this isn't the first movie on this list that made me just ball <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I watched it. But that scene was so heartbreaking. And then it's heartbreaking for the doctor, too. Because it's like, oh, man. Because he knows he's going to die, too. And it's like, oh, man. Well... This is just depressing now. <laughs> like, thanks, Guillermo. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, bud. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't even know what I was trying to say anymore. I kind of lost halfway through. I mean, you were talking about which character you thought had the most doubt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's either her or... I mean, Jacinto has the depth, but it's also I hate him, so... <laughs> so you, you're just gonna, I'm gonna uh, wash away all that nuance so you can just... Yeah. Yeah. Of complete hatred of a yeah. person, you know. Dude's a dick. Shoved a kid into a wall it's, and killed him. It's it's like the it's like the confirmation bias. You're just like Yeah. What what <laughs> <laughs> just forget anything any possible good qualities of this person. Oh. But yeah, once once he kills a kid, you're just kinda like, you're like yeah. Well yeah, I'm not gonna root for him. Well yeah, he kills a kid and then he blows up a school and, with And then he kills many it. more. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, yeah, no, I don't even care about you anymore. Like I hope you die, man. Like, come on. Um I love that scene though, where they just take him I this is just an audible like oh get him <laughs> like when they take him downstairs and they stab him in the armpit with the spear i was like yeah yeah mess him up <laughs> like this guy's horrible <laughs> so i don't know i love that sort of uh like it's it's very much that coming of age loss of innocence type thing where they just straight up murder a guy <laughs> and it's like all right here we go <laughs> like this guy yeah i mean now. i think that's very much part of the greatness of this film is that you know combining that loss of innocence with the backdrop of the war you know Mm -hmm. it's just like when these kids are thrust into this situation then they have to mature a lot more quickly than they would otherwise and then you know the film ends and it's just like they're off on their own you know no one to look after them and it's like yeah well they're this is probably not gonna end well no i mean there really is no bright ending to this movie I mean, they're like, kind of is, because they beat the bad guy, and then it's like, oh yeah, and then Santi can, like, move on, and it's like, yeah, but, uh, well, now we're screwed. <laughs> like, uh, it's like the end of, uh, <laughs> of Finding Nemo. It's like, uh, now what? So, <laughs> um, I, sorry, I just compared The Devil's Backbone to Finding Nemo. One of hey, Pixar's both, worst both great movies. films. Both great films. No, Finding Nemo sucks. <laughs> both, both great films. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this movie just really hit that. I know I always say I don't like fantasy stuff that much, besides Harry Potter, because I love Harry Potter. <laughs> but um, this hit that perfect like in-between note, where it's like there are fantasy elements, but it's still very grounded in reality in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Also, 
those uh, fetuses that he had in those jars with just disgusting. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I didn't need to see that. So you, so you don't want some of that fluid? You don't, no. you don't want to buy the, buy the special fluid? The rum, yeah, no, I don't want it. Um, gross. And no. Also, uh, I don't remember the, the chick's name, but another C character, though, I remember that. But where she was going to marry Jacinto or whatever, and, and she just gets killed in the road and then just left there. And I'm like, yep. That's sad. <laughs> like, you were cool. Like, everyone liked you. Like, you didn't have much character development or anything, but, like, you're, you're dead now. So, all right. I don't know. I don't know what I meant to say from that, <laughs> but got anything else to say about this? I mean, uh,. Not particularly. We pretty much covered the stuff I wanted to talk about. I do think that uh, based on your reaction to this film, I think you're going to really like Pan's Labyrinth. So I'm excited yeah. about watching that. Maybe we'll watch that when uh, The Shape of Water comes out. Oh, yeah, dude. Just I'm so excited. Make that parallel. But. Yeah. If it's even half as good as Crimson Peak, that movie is going to be really great. I think Guillermo is <laughs> kind of on a good path. I mean, he took a bit of a dip with Pacific Rim. But I think the thing is he, is he has, he had to kind of like return to the like the lower budget like mm-hmm. kind of fantasy roots. I think he got a little too into Hollywood oh, lately, and I think he actually works best when he's like in the like the smaller mm-hmm. like horror fantasy films. Well, so I'm a little confused. When when was Blade Two made? Blade Two was 2002. Okay, so I think. that was after this. So it was like the year after this. Okay. Yeah. Um, what year did this come out in America? Was it the same year it was made? I feel like it was the same year it was made, but I don't, I don't know that. Because I would really love if it was actually 2002, because then I could, uh, replace Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, a movie I don't like that much as my favorite movie of that year, but, <laughs> eh, alright. Um, alright. I did I, have a question, though. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Because I, I noticed on, I just noticed on Letterbox that you made a list for your ranking of Del Toro films, mm-hmm. and so is he one of the directors you're looking at I in your quest to, for yeah. favorite director? Especially because I've already seen four, and I'm really only missing a couple. Right, I'm missing Pan's Labyrinth and um, the one before this, Kronos. There's Kronos, Mimic, which are, are the two I haven't seen of his, okay. and then Pan's Labyrinth. And you haven't seen the Hellboy movies, right? Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen those. But I think that might be... Yeah, yeah. so, like, there's a, a small number. That is one that I am... After watching this, I was like, I could get behind some Guillermo del Toro. Like, I could really maybe see him as being one of my favorite directors. Because but between this... I mean, I've seen two movies that I regard very highly from him, and two that I'm like, ah, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> so knowing that the rest of his filmography is a lot more towards that higher spectrum is, mm-hmm. um, that's exciting to me, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to talk about Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, especially we can, watching this one first, we can talk about the parallels between the two. Yeah, because this was so before be, Pan's Labyrinth. This was before, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth was 2006, Oh, really? I believe. So we went... American, and then... Yeah, so, yeah, it kind of ships back and forth. Okay, that's cool. I like that. All right. Uh, Where'd you rank this, Aaron? I'm I'm interested. 
Uh, I ended up ranking this 10th. Okay. So it was behind The Graduate before Memento. Okay. Our lists near the top are so different. <laughs> I still have The Graduate as my favorite. Um, right. right. Uh, I put the 6th uh, right after Rear Window and right before Doctor Strangelove. So... Um, I am so happy we're doing this because these are just other than the Blade movies, <laughs> which I'm I'm still like they're fine. But this is such a great list of movies, and I'm so happy we're going through them because every single one I'm like, yeah, these these are great. I just to to be fair, the Blade movies were on there because right. you were like those are the, like the only Marvel films I haven't watched yet, and I believe we were talking about the Marvel ranked project like all the way back then. Like I feel like it took us like We've two years to get that off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why those ended up on the list. It was not if the podcast if I had written the list with the podcast in mind, probably would not have gone with both Blade movies. But, it, but it's worth it because it gives us a, a bit of a spectrum to you know, true. We we get we we, we, we have a clear bottom of the list. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That and RoboCop, um, just right at the bottom. <laughs> I really don't hate RoboCop. I really liked it, but Aaron I, just I know can't it's just gonna be that. a thing to uh, <laughs> tease me about. Um, yeah. So uh, next. But yeah, I'm glad you're really enjoying all the films we've been oh, covering. Yeah. So I'm uh. Yeah, I just, everything on this list now, I'm like, all right. So this, this is the thing, because when you made this list, I saw a bunch of these. I'm like, I have never even heard of a lot of these movies. And now that we've gone through quite a few movies that I'd never heard of, I'm like, well, I'm trusting Aaron on all of these now. Like, <laughs> I'm going to assume they're all pretty great. So, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to having one we fight about again. Just, <laughs> just want to know. They're probably, like, statistically, there has to be one in here. Like there, there, there will be. If it's like Neon Demon level of Aaron's, like this is a brilliant movie. And I'm like, there's no, this movie sucks. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, all right, all right. So uh, I guess that's our thoughts on the Devil's Backbone. Yeah. So if you want to find us around the web, you can find Lacey at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. Were you working on anything new? I don't remember. Uh, I am. I don't know when it's going to be done, though. And if you listen to the Thursday show, I'm like, the thing I was working on, I've pushed to October. So, nothing nothing immediate. So. All right. Well, if you want to find David from the main podcast on the web, you can find him at dbex15, dbex with two S's. Uh, If you want to find me around the web, you can find me at littleflamedude on Twitter, You'll find me at this clever blog name is already taken.tumblr.com. I also don't have anything currently. In, well, I'm working on my project for October, but that will not be out until then. Yeah, I mean, so it's actually way closer than like I think we realize. That's it's just, pretty close. It's yeah. This year just is blown right by. Um, so, I mean, think about it. Uh, 22 weeks ago, we were talking about all the President's Men on this show. <laughs> Actually, what was the hey, first one? I think it was No, the, the first one was Donnie Darko. That's right, that's right, that's right. All the President's Men was... All the President's cool. Men. So. Still hashtag way too relevant. Oh my god. More <laughs> if you want to find the yeah. main podcast around the web, you can find us at Reboot Already Un on Twitter. 
You can give us a like on Facebook for news up, new episodes and other news items. Uh, you can check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a good review if you like what we say. So next week, we will be talking about The Town. Because uh, with the release of Logan Lucky, we're looking for a heist film. Mm. So, Is this film also written by someone that uh, people question the uh, realness of? <laughs> uh, no, this was written by a real person. Oh, yeah. I believe it was written by Ben Affleck himself, yeah, maybe. Too, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's real, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, but. I don't know. You never know. You never know with things like this. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. So, yeah, next week, uh, the town. Until then, don't think it. Don't say it. Bye-bye, man. I'm still going to keep doing the motions. I know I know. we decided that they cannot see the motions, but I'm going to I, continue. I don't think we need to decide they couldn't see it. I think it's just a, a fact <laughs> of life. <laughs> yeah, we, we just we had a good discussion about it, and we just, we just came to the conclusion that they cannot see it.